Shalom Abraham of the Meseches Soito Dat Men Alif Today's Daf discusses skipping around while uh, learning the Torah versus while learning Novi Skipping, you know, within one parasha, within two parashas We learn about the Hakel, when Hakel was said And the Pesukim that tell, tell us when Hakel was to be said Why we need all of those Pesukim to teach us that We learn about uh, how a Melech is not able to be Merchil on his Kavod And we learn about the we start learning about the terrible Midah of Chanuva. Now, in the Mishnah, we said that when the Koyim Goldo was laying on Yom Kippur, he would say, read from the Pasuk of Acharemites and the Achaba Asar. And the Gemara asks, hold on, you're allowed to skip around by Navi, but you're not allowed to skip around in, in the Torah, in the Chumash. So we have two answers. Abai, first answer is, that you are allowed to skip as long as you skip within the time that it takes for the translator to finish. Otherwise, you're not allowed to skip. The problem with that is that we said that you're allowed to skip in Novi but not in Torah. And you're only allowed to skip in Novi the amount of time that it takes to, for the translator to finish, which sounds like in Torah you can't skip at all. So rather, Abayah gives us a second answer that you're allowed to skip within one Indian, one subject, but not within two. And we see this in a Bible, so that says you're allowed to skip within, in the, even in the Torah within one Indian, but in Novi, you're allowed to skip even within two Indian. And in both cases, you, you have to do the skipping within the time that it takes for the Metorgamon, the translator, to his, his piece, his translation. Now let us skip from one Novi to another, from one Safer to another. Uh, the exception to that is where you are allowed to, that's all considered one Indian. As long as you're skipping from beginning to end, you're not allowed to skip backwards from the end to the beginning. The Gemara now clarifies why the Kohen Golda made this whole announcement that there's a lot more written in this Torah, but I'm just going to say the next bit by heart because we don't want people to think that this Sefer Torah is puzzle. We don't want some Lush and Heart going out about the Sefer Torah. Someone asks, why does he say the second part by heart? Why doesn't he just open, you know, roll, do a little galila, roll the Sefer Torah to the next part that he was supposed to say? So Rav explains, we don't do a rolling of the Sefer Torah, we don't skip to another section with the Tibor. Ah, so why not just bring another Sefer Torah and read from that? We have two reasons. Rav Huda says, because... People think that there's a pagam, something wrong with the first one. Why are you bringing out a second one? Uh, Shimon Lakish tells us that we're not going to bring out a second Torah because otherwise we would require a second set of brachas and we don't want to, you know, that would be a bracha of Atala. I want to ask, are we really worried that people are going to think that this first Sefer Torah is flawed? Rabbi Yitzchak Navka says that if you have Rishchidosh Tevis that falls out on Shabbos, you take out three different Sefer Torah and you're going to lay in uh, the laning for the parasha, Hanukkah, and Mishchaydesh. It seems like we're not worried that people are going to think that the other two are flawed. Mara says that that would be different. When you have three Sivitera, you have three different people, three different aliyahs. That's when we're not, we're not going to have a chashash. That people are going to think that, it, that it's a... An imperfect Sefer Torah, but if you have one person learning from two, we would think that, oh, why did he stop learning from that one? Must be the first one, isn't good. Now the Kohen Godel makes uh, eight brachas after learning. The Gemara explains that he makes the bracha al-Hatayra just like in Shul. 
the way that they're set up. He makes the bracha al hamikdash, al akorinam al yisrael, and al yerushalayim by themselves. Next, the, the Mishnah finished saying that the rest is tefillah, hashar tefillah. The Gemara clarifies that the rest tefillah means chino rino bakasha, that Klai Yisrael needs saving. And he finishes off, and he says, chino rino bakasha sha'amcha Yisrael tzvichan li'ivashaya, and he finishes off shema'at tefillah. And after that, everyone in Klai Yisrael takes out their own Sefer Torah and reads by themselves to show the beauty of their own Sefer Torah, the Zekeli Van Veyu. It seems that there should be an Indian of showing off the Zekeli Van Veyu of our mitzvahs to get other people to strive for that as well. The next Mishnah tells us, how does it work when the king lanes by Hakel? So here's some of the halachas. It's Motzoi Yomtif Rishain of Sukkis on the eighth year, right after Shemitah. They build a wooden bima in the Azara for the Melech to sit on. The Pasuk says, Miket Shavashon The Chazin, the Shamish, brings in a Sefer gives it to the Rosh HaKnesses, who gives it to the Sgan Kohen Gadol, gives it to the Kohen Gadol, who hands it to the Kohen, who hands it to the king. The king stands up, takes it, and reads it sitting down. Agripas HaMelech, however, stood while leaning it, and the Chachamim praised him for that. When Agrippas got up to the Pasuk of the Loisucha Losis Alecha Ish Nachri, you shouldn't have a non Jewish king, he started crying, and the Chachamim told him, Don't worry, Agrippas, you're our brother. King leans, uh, lanes rather, uh, from the Sefer Torah, from Elad Rom Asher Shoma. He lanes Shema, Vahim Shemoya, Asu Ta'asik, Isikhla Asar, Parsha Samelech, he reads the Brachas and Kolis until the end of the Parsha. The brachas of the kind Godal lanes on Yom Kippur are the same. The, the, the Melech lanes those, says those same brachas by Hakel. He just uses a lotion of, of regalim if you haven't taken instead of Michalas oven because it's not Yom Kippur. Now the Gemara says that, you know, we said, the Mishnah, the Mishnah uses lotion that we, we do Hakel by Shemini, which sounds like Shemini at Ceres, but that's not true. Should we actually lane them? Do Hakel on the eighth day? No, it means Shminis, the eighth year, the year after Shemitah. Now, why do we need so many Pesukim to tell us when Hakel is done? Well, if the Torah had only told us Mikates, I would think you would already start from the second that Moshe Rabbeinu told us about this mitzvah in Arvis Moya. Even though we didn't have a Shemitah yet, no, that's why the Torah added the word Shemitah. If it only said Shemitah, though, I would think at the end of Shemitah, in the seventh year, that's why the Pasuk says, Ba'moyed, you laid it at the beginning, the first year of Shemitah. Right? The eighth year, not the seventh year. Eighth meaning the first of the next realm. If it only said Ba'moyed, I would think, you would lay it on Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the year. That's what the Pasuk says, Ba'chag And if it only had said Chag I would think, even on Shemini Atzeres, that's still part of Chag or at least the seventh day, of Sukkot, no, to the Pasuk says, the boy called Yisrael. You land it at the beginning of Sukkot. Now, the Gemara asked the same question here that we asked by the Kohen Gadol. It sounds like you're able to give cover to a Talmud while the Rav is there. When the king was there, we're giving cover to all the people who are handing the Sefer Torah to him. But again, Abaya explains that this whole transfer of the Sefer Torah up to the king is part of the Kovod HaMelech. Now, we said that the king 
leans the Sefer Torah sitting. It says he stands up to take it from the Kayan Gadol. It sounds like he was sitting beforehand. Aye, the only people who are allowed to sit in the Azara are the Malchus Beis David. We have a possibility for that. We have a Malchus David, Yoshev, the Vanashem, the Yoimer, etc. Again, if Chista explains, we're, talking, we're not talking about in the Azara, we're talking about in the Ezra's Noshim over there, even not the Malchus Beis David, it's allowed to sit. Now, Agripas used to lean standing up, even though all the other kings sat, did it sitting down. Why were the Chachamim praising him for that? It sounds like he was doing something good. The problem is that Rav Ashi says that even if you hold that a Nasi is allowed to be Meichel on his covered, a king is not. You have to have Eimas HaMelech. You can't. A king doesn't have the right to be Meichel is covered. So why was Agrippas allowed to stand? Because it was a mitzvah. The Gemara answers that a mitzvah is different. There is there's more leniency to, to give up on his covered. Now, Agrippas was crying when he got to Laisu Chalases. And the Chachamim appeased him, saying, No, you don't worry, you're our brother. And the Braisa, Reb tells us that at that point, Klaishol was chayev to be destroyed because they flattered Agrippas. Reb Shimon ben Chalafta tells us that from that moment when Chachamim introduced that Hanifa to, to Agrippa, uh, Agrippa. The whole, the whole world started falling apart. Because flattery destroys everything. The, the, in every court there was now flattery, so the court system started being unjust. People stopped giving Musr because they were just being mechanev instead of telling people what they really needed to hear. And no one was able to, to say, my mice are better than your mice, and everyone felt, felt like they were perfect. And everyone told everyone else that they were perfect. Rabbi Huda Bar Marova Darshan, some say, of Shimon Ben Pazi, that one is allowed to flatter Rishoyim in Oilam Hazet. The Pasuk says, La Yikra Oid, La Noval, Nidiv, La Chili, La Yomer. Shalt, it sounds like in Oilam Hazet, you are allowed to flatter Rishoyim. Shimon Ben Lakish says, the Pasuk of Kiroi Spinelli Kimatirtini tells us that. But they're both arguing on Rabbi Levi, because Rabbi Levi holds, you cannot flatter a Russia, even al Hamazet. Yaakov Avinu was not flattering Asa when he sent to Malachim. What was going on over there? It's like, it's like a muscle of someone who invites his friend over for a meal, and he could tell, he realizes that his friend wants to kill him. So, in conversation, he mentions, it's like, oh, this tastes so good, this tastes like something that I had in the palace when I was eating with the king the other week, and the guest is like, oh, this guy has connections with the king, I'm not gonna kill him. So, so too, Yaakov is sending Ace of Malachim to show, you know, these are the people who I hang out with, <laughs> and, and, and to deter Ace of from wanting to kill him. That was not Hanifa. It was a self-defense mechanism. Rabbi Elazar tells us, anyone who engages in flattery brings anger to the world, af, says, Not only that, his tefillahs won't be heard by Hashem. The Pasuk says, It's like Hashem, Hashem says, well, You're telling me all these nice things, but you tell everyone nice things out of flattery. Now we'll start listing some of the uh, attributes of flattery that Rabbi Lozer teaches us. Number one, anyone who has chanufa, who has this meat of flattering, 
even the fetuses in the womb curse him. Pasuk says, Koif is referring to cursing, that's a klala, like kavokil. And Le'um is referring to the fetai. Pasuk says, You see, even the fetus curses the flatterer. Second of Allah says that anyone who is a flatterer, who has within him flattery, he falls in Gehenim. And then after this is Third of Allah tells us anyone who flatters his friend and he's going to fall into his friend's hand. Even if it's not his friend himself, it'll be his son or his grandson. We see this with Yirmiyahu who flattered the Navi Sheker and he ended up falling to Hananya's grandson We'll pick up tomorrow with some more memorum of Revelozer about Hanifa at the end of the parak. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.